the final score, Wrexham 4, Grimsby 5, and the adventure is over for this season. A horrible, dramatic, crazy way for it all to end, and I've taken this long just to try and think things through and weigh everything up, but, well, it was a, a, a real pity that we should go out in that manner, although I think it's only fair to say straight away what a week Grimsby Town have had. Absolutely outstanding. They outplayed Notts County at Meadow Lane. Okay, they needed a 96-minute equaliser and they needed a very late winner in extra time there. Fair enough. But they ought to have won that game comfortably. And then this game, again, to come to us with the quality that we've got and perform like that was magnificent. They scored five goals at the race course. That's a remarkable feat in and of itself. As for Wrexham, well, we started off with two changes to the side that lost at Wembley, and I think logical changes. We sort of reset ourselves back to what had been working so well for us. Uh, Max Kluwerth moved across from right centre-back to left-sided centre-back. Tyler French came in as in the other central defensive berth, replacing Tom O'Connor. And on the right-hand side, Bryce Susanna was fit again and came in for Liam McLinden. And we started horribly. Uh, Grimsby were terrific in the early stages they got their second line really working well McAtee who would be the outstanding player on the pitch was magnificent playing off the striker the referee who would come to have a, a major part of play in this game I'll get to him, don't you worry uh, was also allowing their physical play and I'm, I'm not really over blaming Grimsby here if the ref's going to let you get away with that and that's your style, you're going to carry on doing it. And they just dominated us. We struggled to get the ball when we did. We were struggling to find players at higher up the pitch. It's not an unusual start to a game at the race course. A few teams have done that with us, and then we've grown into the game. The problem for us was that once we grew into the game and took control, we didn't finish it off, which is unusual for this season. But like I said, Grimsby started off extremely well. They had a ball in the net after four minutes, an offside flag correctly uh, raised to deny McAtee after he picked up a nice return pass from Taylor and whipped the ball into the top right corner from about 15 yards left of centre, but an excellent finish which warned us of what was to come. Then came another great opportunity for them, a corner swept in by Amos, Taylor with a free header six yards out, he dived and put it over the bar, a, a glorious chance and they would pay almost immediately because straight away almost Mullen went charging down the right-hand side, burst into the right channel. Luke Waterfall uh, ran alongside him. Mullen went down and the referee pointed to the penalty spot. Now, it was a bit of a 50-50 call for what it's worth. And, of course, I'm biased. I think it was a penalty. Uh, Waterfall was running alongside Mullen, seemed to have a couple of little chips at the back of his leg and also had a bit of hip impact on him as well. And I think because Mullen's going very quickly, I think that's enough to knock him off his stride and knock him over. So I think the ref got it right, although, you know, you've seen them not given, if you will. Uh, Grimsby were livid. I wonder if their angry dissent influenced the referee's later decisions, which were jaw-dropping. 
and Mullen stepped up and slammed it in off the roof of the off the bottom of the bar. I did think it hit the bar hard, and I've got to be honest. At the time, I thought he's missed, but it hit the bottom of the bar and flew into the net. You look at the replay; it's aesthetically pleasing because it almost looks like Crocom, the goalkeeper, is trying to get out of the way of it. It's hit so hard. Wrexham then delighted, but within ninety seconds, it's level. A glorious goal, but the start of the referee's controversial decisions are go Grimsby's way. From the kick-off, the ball's knocked forwards. Young was clearly pushed to the ground, it seemed, as his man made it back for him and, and, and turned him around. The ref didn't give it. Hosanna then did very well to make a tackle. There was a, possibly a case that he was fouled, although I, I don't want to push that one too much, especially because Young clearly was fouled and that should have just been the end of it. But from there on, well, McAtee, absolute class. Picking it up on the left-hand side, cutting it into his right foot. Tyler French came to him and appeared to have blocked the initial opportunity for the shot just by his positioning. But McAtee shifted to his right. French didn't react quickly enough. And McAtee hooked a brilliant finish into the top left corner. It really was magnificent. It was a sort of situation left of centre, just outside the box, where you think he's going to try and curl it into the far top right corner. And he just hooked it. Beautiful finish. Brilliant goal from a player who, like I said, stamped his class all over this match. However, that pattern I said of Wrexham having to earn the right to get into a game was sustained and after that Wrexham had a terrific 20 minutes in which they could easily have finished this game off we have finished games off in that manner by just blitzing teams in the second half first half once we get on top and we were held at bay by Crocombe and by again like I said some remarkable refereeing so to start off with, Wrexham straight away from that goal, nearly made it three goals in two minutes. Young with a clever little cushioned header to Davis, who broke down the left, pulled it back for Young. A brilliant ball over to the right to Hosanna. It just had enough on it to reach Hosanna. So because of that, it drew players in, trying to make the challenge, but they couldn't quite get there. And Hosanna, of course, has got that burst of pace. He surged into the area, smashed a shot, and Crocombe made a terrific save low down to his left, pushing the ball around the post for a corner. Before long, the controversy started. Halfway through the first half, Toza slinging a throw into the six-yard box. Mullen with an excellent glancing header into the net, and everybody was celebrating until the referee blew his whistle and disallowed it. Right, now then. I've been watch. I've I've seen that replay so many times. I don't know what he's disallowed it for. If I'm perfectly honest, the TV commentators seem to think that French is fouling the goalkeeper, but he really isn't. So that I I really I dismissed that idea. French is standing on the near post. Crocombe gets involved with him. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that French being there is a big part of why the, the header went in. Crocombe, I think, starts to play the man rather than the actual set piece. He gets wound up by French standing at the near post in front of him and starts getting obsessed with pushing him out of the way and levering him away. When the ball starts coming in, he tries to come around the side of him to get in front of him, which I suggest means he was not paying attention to his club scouting because Toes is not throwing it at the near post. He's throwing it at the far post, most likely. And so Crocombe got himself completely out of position. Whether the referee just thinks, oh, to keep us out of position, he must have been fouled. But French didn't do anything other than stand his ground. So that's definitely not a foul. It's a bad mistake by Crocombe. 
Now Mullin was had hold of Ben Fox, his market, with both arms up. I accept that. However, Fox had hold of him with both arms. They were both hugging onto each other. So surely you just say, okay, six of one, half a dozen of the other, let it happen. Um, sometimes it's just often the same commentary that you see that and from one side of the challenge you can see clearly that one person's pulling the shirt and from the other side of the challenge it looks like the other one is well I looked at it from that perspective trying to see if it was just a difficult call for the ref but the ref was on the side which would make him see Fox holding Mullen more so again inexplicable Wrexham angry but nothing compared to what they would be fairly soon because it would get worse uh, Young then on the right hand side sweeping in across Palmer attacking it and his head just flicking off a defender to go just wide before a massive remarkable moment in the 27th minute. French did well to win the ball on the halfway line, fed it down the line to Hosanna who helped her on further down the right to Palmer. Palmer stands her up to the far post, McFadgen cushions a little volley back to Davis who tries to head it into the goal bath. Mullen back to goal at the far post tries an overhead kick and doesn't make contact and Hosanna has continued his run and so he gets on the end of it takes the ball on his chest inside the six yard box it doesn't quite sit for him to finish and as he's waiting for the ball to drop to knock it in Crookham the keeper comes tearing out of his line and smashes into him doesn't play the ball just flattens Hosanna who appeared to be knocked out the referee plays on I mean for me, the only decision in that incident, and I've got to say it's an easy decision, is whether you send Crokem off or not. And you, you do. I mean, he endangered Hosanna. He didn't play the ball. He just charged out and smashed him. It was a, a bit like Michael Schumacher. Remember the 1982 Germany goalie against France uh, who, who battered Battiston? Uh, I mean, <laughs> how is that not... A penalty. How is that not a red card? It's astonishing. I must say, you know, I, I, I do want to be unbiased in this. And as you'll see later, Grimsby gets stitched up by the ref as well. Um, but, I mean, the Grimsby reporters next to me were all saying, well, <laughs> he's not played the ball, he's played the man. You know, they could all see what it was. Astonishingly, the referee doesn't give anything. Wrexham are livid. Luke Young gets booked for complaining. And Zanu is able to recover. But, goodness me, I mean, it was a dangerous challenge. It's a red card. And I'm speaking as an ex-goalkeeper. So, you know, <laughs> I'm supposed to stick up for the goalie, aren't I? I don't know. The other thing, of course, to consider, apart from the fact that would have been a penalty to go ahead again with an hour left and Grimsby down to 10 men, is that they had no sub-keeper on the bench. In fact, I was told before the game that if they lost Krogham, Sean Pearson would have come off the bench and been the one to put the gloves on. No, I know Sean Pearson can do almost anything, but I still think in that scenario, we're going to win this game. So a massive, massive decision or failure to make a decision by the referee, which cost us enormously. And just as if to rub it in, after a two-minute stoppage, while Hosanna is patched up, and then, of course, has to leave the pitch as a punishment for being smashed into. Yes, I'm being sarcastic, internet. Uh, Toza then hurls the ball in to restart the match. Mullen gets up. Heads it against his marker, Smith. The ball is rocketing to the top left, left corner. And Crocombe makes an outstanding save, leaping across to palm the ball around the post. How, why do these keepers keep making these outstanding saves against us at the end of the season? 
<laughs> so, Wrexham denied. There is another instance from that long throw that I need to point out. There is a definite penalty. However, I have a little bit more sympathy for the referee on this one. In that it's in the melee and the goal mouth as the throw comes in. But uh, highlights it on the highlights if you want to have a look at it. Fox again is marking Mullen. Mullen remembering that last time there was a, a long throw in that he was penalised and his goal was disallowed. This time decides to make it clear that he wasn't using his arms. So when Fox bear hugged him again, Mullen put his hands in the air to show that he was not fouling. And then Fox pushed him from near post to far post, just back to the ball, just driving him away while Mullen, who was bent backwards, continued to shout to the referee. By the end of it, as the keeper made the save, you can see on the replay from behind the goal that Mullen's shirt is halfway up his, his body because Fox has pulled it there. No penalty. From the corner, Young whips it in. And it's... Helped on to the far post. Well, to beg your pardon, a young person in a great far post corner, I beg your pardon. And Davis, unmarked, heads it back in. Crocombe misjudges and pushes it up in the air. It's going to go in, but it's headed off the line. A, a desperate moment again for Grimsby's defence. But the siege starts to ease off after that point. In the last 15 minutes of the half, see Grimsby start to move the ball around again and regain their equilibrium. That spell... And if the referee had made the right decisions, I guess, you know, I'd be talking about it differently. Um, was Wrexham's best spell and was Wrexham's chance? It was 15 minutes which Wrexham really battered Grimsby, but didn't get a goal out of it. And that would prove to be decisive, as decisive as the refereeing decisions. Grimsby did start to come back into things. In fact, in the last minute of the half... Uh, McAtee hit a, hit a tremendous 25-yard volley, which went just wide of the right post, the left post rather, with Dibbles really scrambling to get across. But second half started, and Grimsby were by far the better team. They came out and they really got it racked them. In the first two minutes, they forced two really good saves from Dibble and then score. Firstly, almost immediately from the kickoff, Clifton, who I think is a really good, nice little player, and Welshman's on the 21 international. Left side is, plays a, but he was quiet in the first half. He feeds a nice pass into the left channel. McAtee's driving in there and hits it, and Dibble does well to get his, his knee down and block it. But they come back at us again. A superb ball by McAtee again finds Clifton, really is clipping a, a delicate, well-weighted ball around the corner, and Clifton, in on goal, hits it well from around the penalty spot, and Dibble gets down and manages to tip the ball around the post a little bit awkwardly. He needed a fair lengthy spell of treatment as well because it he took it on the points of his fingers, and that was nerve-wracking. And when the corner came in, well, Wrexham are penalised. Balls cleared back out. Amos swings it in again. Waterfall loses man at the far post and heads the ball home. And Grimsby had taken the lead. And it was a fair reward for the way they started the half. Again, though, Wrexham came back well. Young pulling the ball back from a corner. The ball driven in. Palmer just not quite able to reach it as it smashed across the face of goal. Then Davis whipping in another fantastic cross, which no, Palmer attacked, and in the end, nobody could make contact with us. He, his marker, and Crocombe all came towards it before Grimsby started to create once more. Again, McAtee, crucial to it, 
picking out Souza on the right-hand side. He worked it in. Clifton again had come in from his flank and hit a nice little swivel shot. Dibble did really well to get to his left and parry the ball again round the posters. Clifton's eight-yard shot was heading towards goal. And then Dibble again, after McAtee had pinged in a corner, his delivery was very, very good. He came at the first one and poured at it. Maybe, maybe could have done a bit better about that, but followed her up, made a good save low down then, having having followed that. And when it came back out, Fox had a decent half chance, Sosa, but scuffed it on the edge of the area and put it comfortably wide. And again, a couple of minutes later, McAtee again teeing up a chance up. Amos attacking it on the edge of the area and hitting it terrifically cleanly, but just past the right post. With the exception of Chesterfield, when Wrexham's team hadn't really settled and Chesterfield were in their best form, nobody else has done that to us at the racecourse, put us under such a sustained spell of pressure. But even when Wrexham aren't on top of things, you can't doubt the spirit of the team or the backing that the crowd give them and Wrexham came back magnificently. Within two minutes of Amos's hit, they were ahead. And there was even an opportunity to have a near thing in the meantime. A great ball out wide. A ball out wide by Davis, trying to put Mullen in. Bit over hit. Mullen, though, does well to retrieve it. Does ever so well. Pulls it back. And McFadgen, helping it to the edge of the area, finds James Jones with a clear sight of goal from the edge of the box. I think it may have got under it too much anyway, but a defender deflected it a bit further over for the corner. And Wrexham profited from it. Young sweeping the ball in beyond the far post and toes are rising to head the ball home and veer away delightedly. And again, the goals came in twos because within a minute, Wrexham are ahead. This time, toes are out on the right-hand side, pulling the ball, putting the ball in and the throw. Palmer flicking it on and Mullen attacking it and just beating Crocombe to it under the bar and bundling it into the net with his hand. Uh, I mean, it's not as obvious as Maradona. It was with his handle. It was another little memory of uh, was it Chesterfield and Notts County when he did that? But yeah, his hand level with his head, and he pushed it past the keeper. It would appear, but the ref didn't spot it. Not the first thing he didn't spot, and it wouldn't be the last. And Wrexham found themselves controversially ahead. Grimsby responded well, though. Fox drilling in a powerful shot at 19 minutes left. Dibble getting down well to parry it a little awkwardly. But within moments, Grimsby did get the breakthrough. McAtee breaking down the right, sweeping it in. French marking Taylor gave him enough space to get down underneath it and, and head the ball powerfully home. And the game was level. That was also the point where Wrexham had to withdraw Bryce Susanna, who wasn't fully fit and had been clattered into. A shame because Susanna had been very impressive and uh, Liam McAlinden came on and to be fair had a much better effect than he did at Wembley in that position although within seven minutes the next chance saw Grimsby go 4-3 up uh, De Emmanuel Disirova had come on as a sub he was the, the magic man last Monday coming off the bench to get the winner and here he got the goal which again looked like he could be the winner again it's McAtee from a set piece pinging it to be on the far post and Disirova losing his man this time to pop it home but Wrexham again responded well within a minute, well, straight from the kickoff. Wrexham went close as Palmer helped the ball down the right channel and Mullen, one on one with the keeper from a tightish angle, smashed it with power. Another excellent save from Crocombe, just further emphasising that he was rather fortunate to be on the pitch. Wrexham maintained the pressure and with 10 minutes left got the uh, equaliser. Young sweeping it in again beyond the far post. Davis getting up 
and heading an excellent header downwards into the net. He just befuddled his marker because when the corner was about to be taken, he went and stood inside the net and then came back out again. And it just allowed his marker to, to be slipped. He still did well coming backwards to rise and head the ball down and score. And Wrexham pushed hard. And in, in the closing moments, it looked like Wrexham might actually win it in, in the in 90. McFadgen sweeping a great cross to the far post. Palmer, though, on the run, trying to make contact with a volley, made poor contact, hit it into the ground, and it was an easy save for Crocombe. Um, Palmer hitting it from a tight angle six yards out, and then with four minutes left, and if this had gone in, then we would currently be working on the foundations of a statue to Jordan Davis. A statue that was so high, it would reach the altitude of Coidpoith. Ball coming to him on the edge of the area, or awkward height, what does Jordan do, Davis do when the ball's coming at an awkward height? He hits a 25-yard volley with what I technically would term mega swaz. Left foot cutting across the ball. The ball ripping off his foot. A magnificent volley. Leaping, swerving and dipping just too late and just clearing the bar. If that had gone in, well... <laughs> who cares if we win the promotion playoff final we would have that moment to keep us warm for all our lives and then in the last minute come, comes drama at both ends Clifton breaking into the right channel with a clear sight of goal driving it across Dibble but the ball just scraping the far post with a Deserva running in hoping for a tap in and then at the other end Davis feeding McFadden who did ever so well very patient holding her up suddenly turned and unleashed a shot from 15 yards which Crocombe did well to tip over Young swept the corner in and Palmer attacked it six yards out had a clear sight of goal and just didn't make enough contact with it and it flicked off his head and went wide in the third minute of added time Grimsby could have uh, could have succeeded as well. Cropper, whose long throw was was underutilized, I felt, picked out Waterfall, and his head had dropped agonizingly just wide of the left post. With again Dibble not given a chance, and the game went into added time, extra time. I beg your pardon. Wrexham made another change, which I've got to assume is based on an injury. I didn't think Clueth had done terribly badly, but on came Tom O'Connor as a centre back. So, interestingly, Grimsby would switch to three at the back, bringing Sean Pearson on as well. Interesting to see a change of shape. Players like McAtee had to go off and Taylor. Both of them are carrying injuries. And when McAtee came off, I must be honest, I thought, well, this is a, this could be a huge moment in our favour. But in all honesty, not that much happened in added time. Both sides looked very tired. And even the possibility of bringing on four subs wasn't a great help in terms of freshening up the teams. And maybe also they looked a bit nervous about the fact that you know one error could be fatal. Having said that, the decisive moments did happen in added time, and maybe the decisive moment should have come five minutes into that added half hour. Jordan Davis picking the ball up in midfield, a fabulous run, beating two men as he got to the edge of the area, where he executed as a damn turn and went down under a challenge from Sean Pearson. I'm I'm reluctant to criticise refs. If I didn't see it myself at the first ask, I know I'm not a good, a good shouldn't have as good a view as the refs normally, but if I don't see it first up, then I sort of feel am I entitled to criticise the ref if he didn't spot it first up? Well, my immediate reaction to this was cast iron penalty, and having seen the replays numerous times again, I'm afraid my opinion hasn't changed. 
Davis pulls off his Zidane turn. It's a cute little move. Pearson doesn't see it coming, looks to play the ball, and because the ball's been shifted in the wrong direction so quickly, inadvertently swipes Davis's standing leg from under him. It is a penalty every single day of the week. It's another awful decision by the ref. Like I said, he, he did his both sides, to be, to be perfectly frank. Um, he wasn't biased. He just wasn't good. And, yeah, Davis can be seen sitting on the ground going, wow, <laughs> he can't believe it's not been given. Parkinson would be booked for his protests. But he just, like I said, he gave one penalty to us and got shouted at by the defenders and then it looked suspiciously like he didn't want to give another penalty against him. Anyway, Wrexham continued to try to push on but didn't really create much in the in the rest of the the, the first period of extra time. Jake Hyde replaced the tiring Ollie Palmer during the break. Palmer as well in the last minute of the first period had lunged in wildly on Smith. It was a yellow card. Again, I must be honest, On at the time, in the commentary, I was saying I thought it was a red card. Now I've seen the replays. Okay, it's a yellow more than a red. Fair enough. But, well, Palmer was tiring, I think, by this point. And if he was going to linge in like that, because he was really putting his heart and soul into it, probably wise to replace him. Sadly, unlike the Romney game, Hyde wasn't able to get into the match much. The second half of added time had the same feel about it. Crocom had an awkward moment when he dropped the ball and the referee very generously gave a foul in his favour when Hyde, essentially, oh, French was it? Essentially, just, no, oh, Hyde it was, saw a chance maybe to scoop the ball into an open net. Crocom made, hit his own defender and flipped over. Uh, it was a very peculiar decision by the referee. Hyde didn't score, I should point out. But then there was a warning for Wrexham. It was seven minutes left when O'Connor made an error. The ball was switched to the left-hand side and Abrams, the centre-forward, who'd come on alongside these Rover, smashed a powerful shot from about 15 yards into the side netting. And in the last minute, Wrexham would actually pay the price. A cropper again with a long throw to the far post, waterfall getting up and making a really good acrobatic header into the net. A busy day for Waterfall against his old club. Gives away a penalty, but then scores two goals. And Grimsby were through. Jarvis came on for French, and fair play to Wrexham in the, the remaining minutes. And to be fair the, to the referee, he added them more on than he should have done, I think. Wrexham tried so hard, but just couldn't open up and make another chance. It was, And the game was over. Grimsby celebrated quite rightly. They were utterly magnificent. And I have to say as well, you know, not that many Grimsby fans are watching this, I'm sure, but I do hope they win the final because they have had the playoff campaign of playoff campaigns and they deserve it most richly. As for Wrexham, well, it was cruel. But next season is going to be tough for all the other teams in the National League because, let's be honest, we're going to have this team. If we lose any players, we can say, well, OK pay through the nose for them, under contract, plus three or four more quality recruits, and we've already got, look at the quality we've had in the second half of this season, it's going to be fun next year to watch Wrexham, I just wish we were doing it in League 2, but, you know, it's coming. Looking at the performances, I mean, Dibble had a couple of edgy moments, and that goal, the, the fourth goal coming over, went over him, he backed across his six-yard box and asked for the foul, but wasn't a foul, I don't think. There were other problems in the defence, though, to be fair. If it wasn't with a string of saves we made in the second half, this game may not have gone to 90 minutes. 
across the back. Well, I mean, initially, you've got to say we let a lot of goals in from long balls into our box and set pieces, so clearly, aerially, we did not do well, and Aaron Hayden certainly was missed. French had a, a decent game, but he didn't look completely comfortable. Um, he, he had the odd little edgy moments and, and stood off McAtee maybe a little bit too much with the first goal, although it was a goal of genius, and likewise with Taylor for his header. Uh, Kluwer, I'm assuming, was hurt because I thought he was doing okay and that familiar link with McFadden was going well and Toza so was beaten for at least one of the goals at the back post by letting Waterfall go and march around the back of him as well. So I don't think any of them will look back in these games with fondness, quite apart from the result. Uh, Hosanna was excellent, but had to come off. He was bursting down the flank, really troubling his man. Got Amos a yellow card quite early on, just by surging at him and getting chopped down. And it was a shame he had to come off, but like I said, he's been carrying an injury. On the other side, again, McFadden was very good. I thought he's intelligent in his decision-making. It astounds me he's not scored for us yet because he comes inside and he's very threatening. Drew a good save at the end from the keeper as well. In midfield, Young was the man of the match for me. He just wouldn't stop running as always, but he was always trying to prompt. He, he was popping up everywhere, snuffing out dangers, putting out fires, and then would be driving to the other ends. Got two assists with his corners as well. Jordan Davis, I thought, grew into the game. I didn't think the first hour he did as much, but he started to grow into it and really tried to drive us forward and came up with a few little moments of quality. James Jones had a... For me, a quieter game than normal. I mean, as we know, industry is his main strength. Um, and he certainly, again, worked exceptionally hard in plugging gaps and and, and stopping breakaways. Uh, didn't have as much impact as he sometimes does around the edge of the area or breaking down the flanks. And then up front, I thought Palmer started very well. He was winning a lot of headers and setting up opportunities. He sat up Mullen's second goal. Um, but he did tire quite badly as the game went on, which is understandable. It was a, went on for an extra half hour, and we've had quite a sort of sapping uh, schedule lately. He's only been rested once since he signed for that Notts County game, and he came on with half an hour left in that. And so I understand that. He's had an outstanding season. And Mullen was superb. <laughs> you, know, you just always feel Mullen might pull something out of the bag here. He hit that shot so well, looking for his hat-trick when... Crocombe stood up and, and, and pushed it round the post. And yeah, he did a, a good job. McAlinden did well coming on on the right-hand side as well, and, and fair play to him. And O'Connor coming on as a makeshift centre-back was, was fine, made one mistake that led to a chance, but yeah. But ultimately, it wasn't to be. It's a real shame, but... It's not the worst shame, because in previous years, you think, right, well, this team now be dismantled this team won't be dismantled. This team will be enhanced. And when you look at what's happened since January when we've played like a League One team in the National League, well, we're going to be better next year. So um, I'm not a gambling man, but I might put some money on us winning the league next year, you know, because quite frankly, logic dictates that we will. I, I, I'm not trying to sound arrogant in saying that. I've never said that before. But we should be better than this. So good luck standing in our way. Anyway, it's been a pleasure this season trying to bring all the madness and drama to you. We've had some remarkable games that we've shared, both in the commentating in, on Dragonheart, on our podcast, and through editing the highlights. I, I hope I've been able to give you a sense, with the rest of the media team as well, of just how this has all panned out. 
the interaction with the fans this season has been remarkable and I want to say thank you for that I don't think I've ever enjoyed covering Wrexham as much as this season even regardless of the results simply because the experience of fan interaction has been so positive so thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and it won't be too long before it all starts again and if you need a bit of compensation for the disappointment of what happened on Saturday please remember next season is going to be crazy the final score of Wrexham 4 Grimsby Town 5 I'm Mark Griffiths